Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 37th episode of the Tech Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury from TeacherCast.net. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today, we have a great show talking all about Apple Configurator, a great free tool that's going to allow you to manage all of your mobile devices. There's many great ways that you can participate in the show each and every week. We love it when you check us out on Twitter at TechEdShow and leave us feedback by emailing feedback at techeducatorpodcast.com. And of course, we also love it when you leave us a voicemail at techeducatorpodcast.com slash voicemail. And of course, all of our archives can be found on teachercast.net slash YouTube, where we love it when you subscribe to us. Our website is techeducatorpodcast.com, where each and every week we leave our archives of our wonderful episodes, our audio, our video is right there. You can, of course, subscribe to us, and we certainly love it when you click over here and download our podcast via iTunes, and of course you can also use our wonderful player. Check everything out over there. We have a great listing of podcasts, and Jeff, John, I don't know if you realize this. This kind of crept up on us. The EduBlog Awards have been out there for for being nominated. Did you guys take time to nominate me? I mean, to nominate somebody for the EduBlog Awards? (laughs) You know, I, uh, I have to confess, I saw a couple of them, and I nominated some people last year, and I I have to believe that I did nominate the both of you. I'll, I'll look back at that one. But um, I haven't nominated anyone so far. I was more um, interested in the uh, the Nerdy Teacher Awards I saw were out there. I was thinking about nominating someone for those from I, um, did, did the you Nerdy have, Teacher website. We, we actually got nominated for that one. Um, Brett Clark, our, our good friend Brett Clark, actually nominated me for the Fastest Growing Family. <laughs> Which Brett I, Clark's pretty funny. Which yeah. I thought was great. So uh, if you're out there and you got is it Edies E D D I E S or Eddies um, thirteen is the hashtag. But please take a moment. Um, I'm going to mute everybody else's mic right now and say please vote for TeacherCast for podcast or Tech <laughs> Educator or any any of our other shows, especially TeacherCast. Um, it was very close last year in the podcasting category. Would love to get in there this year. Um, so yeah, Jeff, who beat who beat you in pod who podcasts more than you right there can't be anyone there's nobody the, that, that's the first the, those are honestly yeah, the questions is. that i walked away from the from the event going i i i don't even want to say it because i don't want it to come off the wrong way but i'm just going <laughs> really 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 yeah really now i can you know i i, I look but, but in all honesty i i don't push for it i i understand the 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 honor of it i under also understand the popularity contest of it um you know, we just had the national podcasting award nominations go up. I, I didn't mention anything. I don't even know if we got it nominated, but um, I, it's in my world. It's not about that stuff. You know, in my world, it's all about um, providing weekly entertainment for Craig Yen, and I just want to make sure that we do so. <laughs> and Peggy George. And Peggy. Um, I have to say that you know your problem is, uh, and I don't want to Im- impeach uh, Jeff and I. But uh, you have two Chicagoans on your podcast, and so when you have the curse of the Cubs on there, double time, that's not good. So you have the Cubs on there, so I don't know if you're going to win any awards with as long as Jeff Herb and I are on this podcast. Well, you do understand that I'm I'm specifically cropping out everything underneath of your shoulders right now. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. 
Well, anyway, welcome to the show tonight, episode number 37. You can catch us here live every single Sunday night at 7 o'clock. And at 9.30 on Sundays, we have the principal cast. And tonight, Jeff, we're talking all about Apple Configurator. Is it Configurator or Configurator? Uh. Configurator. How about that? Excellent. And and what is it? It's 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 a free program. I think it's refrigerator. <laughs> refrigerator. <laughs> Apple refrigerator. Uh, Apple configurator is a great tool to be able to yeah. um, mass prepare uh, a set of iPads. Essentially, is that is what people are using it for? And, and is that something um, that I'm going to use once the Edu triplets grow up? Is that that's the idea here? Depending on how many more sets of triplets you have, <laughs> I think Apple Configurator might be a good thing for you. Uh, I mean, essentially, yeah, you could. Anytime you have more than one iPad that you need to set up, Apple Configurator is a great tool to be able to uh, seamlessly make sure that everything that you've set up on one is the same on the rest of them. And ideally, this is best used in either a school that's going uh, one-to-one um, or a classroom that has a classroom cart of iPads because it's great that the majority of the carts that are available now have uh, connectors for all the iPads and then you can connect in to the computer from one cable and that one cable then will let you prepare all 30 iPads at once. So this is something that's easy to do? It is easy to do. Would you like to show us how easy this is to do tonight, Jeff? I would love to do that. (laughs) So let me get my screen going here and... uh, John, have you ever used Apple Configurator? <laughs> I guess John decided John to so leave afraid. at this point. <laughs> John's afraid. Hey, by, just... by the way, if you're watching on TeacherCast.tv, and I know we have a ton of people. We're at about 16 people in the chat room right now, and I can't see how many people are actually watching live, but we have a bunch. So if you have any questions, please check us out. Um, you know, you, we're using the hashtag Tech Educator, or you can certainly ping us at Tech Ed Show. Between John and Jeff and I, we are certainly going to be um, going through and making sure we all have things here. Welcome back, John. Okay, so thanks. Uh, what I have up on my screen right now is actually just the App Store. Uh, it's on every Mac, and it's where you can actually get Apple Configurator. Apple Configurator is a free application, which is fantastic considering what it's capable of doing. Um, And it's a pretty quick download. So to be able to start with Apple Configurator, all you need to do is go to the App Store on your Mac computer and download Apple Configurator. Step one. (laughs) And that's that's Mavericks, Leopard, the whole deal, right? Anything goes. I'm not even on Mavericks yet on this computer, um, but it works just the same on either. Pretty crazy, right? I know, you're not on Mavericks. How dare I? I know. Uh, Okay, so once you download it, it'll bring you up to a screen such as this. Uh, I trust you're all seeing Apple Configurator on your screens right now, right? Everything is good. Beautiful. Okay, what what I have up for you right now is the prepare screen. There are three different workflows in Apple Configurator that are important to pay attention to. The first one is that's the one that's blue that's highlighted. It's called prepare. And this is a great tool if you're either going to be giving, um, it's actually your first step no matter what, but if you're just going to be preparing devices, which means getting them ready to be deployed, uh, you start in the prepare screen. A couple things can be done here. You can name all of your iPads automatically. Uh, for instance, the one that I have already done is called Instructional Tech Talk 1. 
and you can have it number sequentially starting at one or it can automatically change depending on the number that you put in here. So if you know that you've already set up 1 through 30 and you just got a whole new cart and you want to name those 31 through 60, you can just put 30 in here and it will automatically uh, have it number sequentially starting at 30. You see that changes right there. So that's kind of a cool way to uh, keep your naming conventions going without having to individually name each iPad. Um, the next item here is called supervision. Now, we supervise all the iPads that go out with our students because supervision kind of lets us control it a little bit easier. It has a little bit more functionality for us as administrators and um, information technology people. Uh, you can restrict settings. You can make it so that your iPad cannot sync with other computers. Um, it just makes it a little bit more of a clean environment so that when we get all these iPads back, we know that we're going to be able to plug them in the configurator and no matter what, what passcodes, what anything has been put on that iPad, we can just revert it back to our default image and be ready to uh, give those out to students the next semester. So uh, it's really a cool thing and I'll go into a little bit more detail as we keep going here. Um, for update iOS, when you turn supervision on, it forces you to keep updating to the latest iOS. Uh, that's just, if you were to turn supervision off, then you have um, the ability to then say either don't ever update my iOS or to update when it's available, or you can do it update you know right then and then change it to never update again. So something interesting to keep in mind. When we give out, you know, it's just kind of a side note, when we give out our iPads to staff, we do not supervise them. We want to give them the ability to have a little bit more freedom with what they can do on their iPad and be able to sync it with maybe their their work laptop or their uh, computers at home. So we just prepare it. We put on all the apps that we want them to be able to use, and we hand it over to them. If they wipe out our image, then you know, better, good luck to them, that's fine. Uh, we'll be able to take, take ownership of that when we get it back from them. Um, but the students, a little bit different story. We want to make sure we turn on some supervision. Um, I'll work through the rest of this list, and then I'll kind of stop if you guys have questions or if we have any questions we, from we the We do chat. have some questions from the audience that I'm looking at a little bit, so uh, we'll wait till you're done, and then we'll uh, give you some of those. Well, if they're relevant to what I just talked about, feel free to go ahead. I think that they're, I think they might be uh, going, of course, I've only used Apple Configurator a couple times and not had to do it, but one of them was, I'm assuming it's probably going to be in the supervised screen, though, is there any way to have the kids so they can hold their background so they don't keep changing the background on the home <laughs> screen all the time? Absolutely, and that's going to come in when we do profiles. It's really okay. powerful now with iOS 7, what you can do to supervise your iPads, and we'll okay. get into all that in just a minute. All right. Um, when we as we're moving further down here, uh, to restore from a backup, this is kind of a cool thing. Uh, once you've generated a backup of a supervised device, you can save it in here so that uh, automatically when you're preparing devices, you can have it restore from your master backup, and it makes it so that it skips all that initialization screen in the beginning where people have to set up their wireless profile and enter their Apple ID and do location services and sending just diagnostics to Apple, all that initial thing where you really don't want to have to take time to have students set up when you're deploying a ton of different uh, iPads. So restoring from a backup will allow you to go through all those steps on one iPad, save that initial setup, and then push it to all the devices that you're using. So it's kind of a time saver from having to walk kids through the step-by-step -step setup 
uh, when they first get their iPad. Any other questions so far or good to no, keep I, going? I think you're good. Keep going. Excellent. All right. Um, let me show you profiles. Uh, and just so you know, I've already connected an iPad. I have it supervised already because when you initially supervise an iPad, it will automatically reformat it. And so it will download the latest operating system onto your Mac computer and then it will push that installation to the iPad and do a full reformat so that it's starting completely fresh and it'll put all the profile information that you wanted onto that iPad. That takes about 10 or so minutes per iPad just because it's wiping it and reinstalling it, uh, the iOS. So I did one already, it's already supervised and we'll be able to go through the information about that when we get to the supervision screen. That's why I'm not doing it you know, with you because we'll be sitting here and just having to look at each other for 10 minutes while it actually runs through the setup. Hey, that sounds like Techlandia. Yeah. <laughs> we just sit there and look at each other the whole time. That's pretty good, so you guys just have a good laugh track and you go That's that. right, we just play sound effects, laugh it up, chuckle it up. <laughs> Perfect, all right, so this gets into your original question that was coming from the chat here, John. Uh, profiles. It's really easy to set up a profile that will be able to take care of the majority of the configuration and locking down of the device as you want. All you need to do is click the plus button underneath profiles. It'll give you two options, import profile and create new profile. Import profile is really cool because you can have your IT staff generate this profile with all the wireless access keys, uh, all the information that makes your iPads work seamlessly with your network uh, without them having to feel like they have to give out any of that information because if you know, if you're like our IT guys, they, it's like it's the launch codes for the nuclear missiles in the U.S. here. Um, but they will gladly, at least in our case, create a profile for us and then um, send it to us through email. We can just import it right into Apple Configurator and uh, be able to deploy it out on all of our iPads, and then the students won't have to worry about wireless. It's all ready to go. So that's the cool thing about importing a profile. But we can also create a profile very easily, and I will show you how to do that right now. So the name of this profile, we can just call it ITT Profile, just for the sake of doing that. Um, all these other items are optional. In the general category, down near the bottom, there's a really important uh, setting that you want to make sure that you look at. Security. And underneath it says, controls when the profile can be removed. Jeff? If you say, oh, yes, sir. We're not seeing any different screen right now. Yeah, I, I was, yeah, I, our screen's still on the, stuck on the old one. Well, that's unfortunate. Let me try. try yeah, try and bounce out and bounce back in real quick. I'm telling you, I'm having problems tonight. How are we doing? Same screen. Okay, we've got the same screen. What same screen? It, it says the one that says Instructional Tech Talk 1 and the supervision is on. Okay, I'm going to try doing, because this was a pop-up, so I wonder if it's not showing it because I only have it on that window. Let me try sharing my whole screen. Uh-oh, we get to see what your background is. Woot, woot. Chicago it's Bears. Actually, bear it's, a down. it's default. <laughs> oh, 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 that's a horrible one. So is it, can you see it now or no? Uh, we can see everything on your screen. Can you? So you can see configurator? Yes. Beautiful. I think that should fix our issue here. Can you see that now? Yes. Yes, there oh, it is. Great. Okay, so this is the profile management. I'm going to change this profile to just a generic 
uh, generic name just because that's going to be what the profile is called. It'll help you remember what settings you've put into this profile when you go to put it on your devices. You can have as many profiles as you want. You can save them up in your preparation page, and you can check the ones that you want to deploy onto specific iPads. So you can have one just for the wireless key. You can have one for, you know, just restricting certain apps. You can have one for just restricting certain settings, and then just select them from the preparation page as you want to use them. But as I was saying, one of the most important things is the security option right here. The security option controls when that profile can be removed by the end user on the iPad. If you use the default setting, which is always, the person can just go into settings and then profiles and delete the profile. If they can do that, all of your supervision has been removed. Okay, so what you want to do is go to never or with authorization. Um, I always just use never because the only time I'm going to turn off the profile is when it's connecting back to Apple Configurator. So if you change it from the security to never, um, then it won't remove that profile or will not give the end user the ability to remove that profile, and that's really important. So now I have to interrupt you real quick. So that's sure. the one that we're talking about in Los Angeles because we know that Los Angeles is kind of being closely watched for their iPad deployment. That was the big thing, right, because the kids could go in. The kids know how to delete profiles and start them back up. So if they had used that button in um, – LA uh, Unified or whatever they call that district, would that have stopped some of the people from going to Facebook and getting outside the settings then? It absolutely would have, but it was not an option that was available until iOS 7. Okay, that's what I thought then. So they, okay. were just, they just did that a little bit. So I always say to this one, and I, I have to say, in defense of LA Unified School District, there has never been an iPad deployment where a kid has elementary, middle, or high school where a kid doesn't know how to change the profile and get around that until this new iOS 7 update. I, yes. Because it happened all the time. I think that the Los Angeles Times was covering it, and they just started blowing it up a little bit more than normal. But we just took it in our school district. It was just matter of fact. We talked to the student and told them what was going on, and you, there's always a way to catch them once they do that. Absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah, no, very good point. So yeah, it's really nice now that they have all these added functionality pieces in the new update of that's Apple awesome. Configurator and iOS 7. So that's one of the biggest ones. Definitely make sure you use that uh, when you're going to prepare your cart of iPads. Um, just moving down the list here, uh, you can configure a passcode. There's a bunch of different options here for you know complexity, what it requires. Um, you know, it's really nice if you're going to be you know, having kids having information on these iPads to require a simple value, at least, uh, passcode. And if you're using Apple Configurator, do not get hesitant to the fact that you're going to get, you know, 30 of these iPads back, and they're all going to be passcoded, and you have, you know, essentially 30 bricked iPads. Uh, when you're using Apple Configurator with supervision, it will automatically, once it's connected back to this computer, unlock all those iPads for you. So, you're never going to be pigeonholed by having iPads that are locked by a student and you have to figure out what their passcode is because that's part of the profile. What happens if the kids are in the back of a van and they decide to mess with the iPads that you give them? My first question would be, why are your students in the back of a van? <laughs> well, that's right. That sounds a little bit shady. That sounds pretty East Coast right there. Students. Hey, we're going to put your students in the back of a van. Students down by the river. Whichever. <laughs> Um, and then, Jeff, we have one more question that's coming in a little bit, and I, I'm sure this will come down. Is there anything that you can do if there's a uh, – for VPP, let's say you purchase – now, I, I've got a lot of it, 
experience because I used to purchase all the VPP for my school. Mm -hmm. If you purchase an app and you lose a code, is there any way to recover that code or are you just out that one code that you bought then? So the really nice thing is that you can upload all of your VPP codes into Apple Configurator through the spreadsheet that VPP gives you. And then Apple Configurator will manage all of your codes for you. So as you hand out apps through Apple Configurator to these devices, it will keep track of how many licenses you have left that you've uploaded. And then as you bring those iPads back and say, hey, let's reformat this and redeploy it, it will count that back into your total that you have. That's okay. cool. Is that, is that a new feature or has that been there the whole time? It's It's been here the whole time, but okay. it was rough before. It was Okay, that's what I thought because I... Like, that's a hard thing to do is to keep track of all those those codes sometimes when you're it's, sitting there. Yeah, absolutely hard to do, but with the newer version of Apple Configurator, uh, it does work a lot better. Okay, that's good. So let me bring up my screen here, and we'll keep moving through the list because there's this is when we start kind of getting into the nitty-gritty of the things that you can do here. Uh, restrictions, and this is what a lot of people always talk about. Uh, what can I restrict? And in iOS 7, it is a lot. So under the restrictions category, functionality, you have allow use of camera, allow use of FaceTime, allow screenshots, allow AirDrop, allow iMessage, allow voice dialing, allow Siri, and then a bunch of different other Siri things. Allow iBook Store, allow installing apps, so you can turn off their ability to install apps. You can turn off their ability to remove apps, which is really great for a cart that you know that you want all the students to be able to have access to a particular app all of us that know that it's really easy to just tap and hold on an icon and delete an app, but essentially by doing that, you've made it so that classes after that class will not have a full set of working iPads, um, so you can actually turn off the ability to delete apps uh, using supervised iPads. Um, allow in-app purchases can be turned off. You can um, you know, turn off a lot of things with iCloud, like backup documents and data, keychain, photo sharing. Um, and then get into some of the more nitty-gritty stuff like uh, allow users to accept untrusted TLS certificates and certificate trust settings and some of the more intense things, um, configuration profiles. You can allow them to turn it off so that they can't install their own. Um, you can turn off Touch ID to unlock the device if you are lucky enough to have a device in, that, in your school that's yeah. not new. Um, you know, it goes down to Control Center, Notification Center, and Today View and Lock Screen. I mean, you can really drill down a lot of the functionality in the uh, system here. So that's pretty pretty cool thing. Jeff, we have a question coming in off of Twitter here. Again, it's yeah. amazing that we, you know, again, we're here live every single Sunday night at 7 o'clock, and we have a question here from Socrative, actually, who's watching. I want to say thank you out there. They say, any solutions for app white screens after using Configurator? Um, I guess the, some of the app developers are having problems with the security feature. Do you know anything about having app white screens or, or whiting out or any problems with that? You know, that's a good question. I have not heard of that, actually. Um, so I apologize to Socrative to not having a good answer to that. But in what we have done using Apple Configurator, uh, we have not seen that. I assume you mean by loading apps onto the device using configurator and then opening it only to have a white screen. That's my understanding of what you're saying. I, I think uh, so. Yeah. I We have not seen that in what we put on our iPad so far. So I apologize for not having an answer to that, but we haven't encountered that. 
luckily, I guess. But yeah, lucky not to have that problem. Also. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. And I guess my question would be, is that using the current Apple configurator model with iOS 7, or was that something that may have been in iOS 6 or 5? Because I know that, you know, I've really only started using Apple configurator consistently with iOS 7 and the new version of configurator. I messed around with it in 5 and 6. It just wasn't where it should be, and it was not as useful to me. Um, but I've really taken ownership of it in iOS 7 because of its ability to uh, really do some cool stuff. Okay. So uh, take a look here in applications. You can allow or restrict use of the YouTube, iTunes Store, Game Center, uh, and allow use of Safari. You can take off autofill, and you can also enable or disable JavaScript, um, which is pretty cool too. And then here in media content, you can restrict based on ratings, um, you know, allow all or restrict down to, you know, G or don't allow movies based on the rating of those items in the App Store. Uh, so some really cool restrictions and functionality that you can work with in the new version of Apple Configurator. Uh, a couple more questions coming in here uh, from Brenda. Do you suggest making each category in the profile a new profile? Um, example, Wi-Fi as one profile, restrictions as another. Okay, so... That's a great question, and it's absolutely something that I would recommend splitting up your Wi-Fi and the rest of your um, your profile. You know that you're going to have different needs and different restrictions, um, especially if you are using iPad carts. Um, the carts are probably going to be localized into different either content areas or they're going to be in different grade levels. Um, and so you want to make sure that you have the ability to say, okay, this cart is going into maybe like a elementary classroom. Let's take out the ability to delete apps. Let's take out the ability to really do much of any modification to the system as a whole and just really use a set of apps. And that's a great way to say like, hey, K through five, this is your profile that you're going to use um, and then be able to move from there. But you always know that that Wi-Fi is going to be a major component of supervising these devices. So I would absolutely say that it's a great idea to have multiple profiles that you can kind of switch back and forth from depending on what the use is of that iPad card. So that's a great question, and it's something I would highly recommend. Nice. And uh, an answer back here from Socrative, and he's talking about white screens when loading. So he okay. says he'll check to see if it's with five or six. But again, it's amazing here. We are here live every single Sunday. Thank you guys all for checking us out. Keep going, Jeff. Good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, the next two couple things, the web content filter is not something I've worked with much because um, we have a content filtering system. Right. Uh, in school, but if this this will also work outside of school too. So if your students are taking home these iPads, if this is a one-to-one -one, uh, where they're taking them home, this works outside of your content filter as well. So if you don't want them going to specific uh, websites, you can actually re restrict these websites in here and it will carry through as they leave your building too. So that's something that's kind of cool to think about. It's really easy to add, um, you know, the different websites, you just type it in, put in the URL, and you're good to go. And is that is that that's for all the iPads? So you can't just say certain iPads are bad for second graders or certain URLs are bad for third graders. That's a global security feature, right? And Jeff, that's entirely based on the profile that you're setting up. And that's why it goes back to Brenda's question, is it a good idea to have multiple uh, profiles? Absolutely. If you have this K through 5 profile, you can be much more restrictive of URLs 
and then have like a middle school one where it allows some more of the URLs that's not necessarily appropriate for kindergartners, but middle school kids can handle it. And so, so. One, one computer running configurator can work all of these different profiles. As soon as you plug in iPad 65, it knows that it's on profile middle school. Absolutely. And I'll show you all about that in just a minute. And if you plug in an iPad with profile middle school at the same time it profiles with elementary school, will it know the difference? It will take – so you can turn on multiple profiles for one device. Nice. And that's why it's great to have a Wi-Fi uh, profile and, like, a more restrictive settings profile. The uh, thing to remember, though, is whatever is the most restrictive profile is what the device will inherit. So if you have a device or a profile that's, like, high school, which is basically unrestricted, and then one for elementary school that you've also left active – it will inherit the elementary one because that has the most restrictions. I mean, it'll blend them together, but it will always take the most restrictive setting. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. Uh, we've got a okay. ton of questions, so thank you know, thank you for your expertise here, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, uh, Jeff, I think what Jeff Bradbury was going to get is he wants you to make sure that teachercast.tv is not restricted on any of the iPad profiles. Okay, so they shouldn't be in the blacklisted URLs. <laughs> that's right, that's right. You right, right here would be a bad idea. Uh, yes, in fact, put it on the home screen is what we're, we're, we're like. Yes. <laughs> By the way, uh, podcasting awards are coming up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. So that's kind of a cool thing. And by automatic, um, you can limit adult content too. So any sites that are coded as adult websites will be automatically blocked. Moving on to Wi-Fi, which is absolutely, in our opinion, the most functional use of uh, Apple Configurator because you have the ability to preset all of your Wi-Fi passwords into your device before the students even get them. Uh, this is great because uh, a lot of the times the network people really have a hard time handing out that access code like I mentioned earlier. And they can go in, create this uh, profile for you, send it over, and you can just include it as you're supervising your devices. Um, but to show you, if you have a more simplistic uh, network where they don't mind if you have access to it, I'll show you how to do it on my uh, network here. My network name is Balto because that's the name of my dog. Aww. Isn't that nice? And then you have to go down and see. Uh, it's, you want it to auto-join. You want it to automatically connect to that network. You have to select what kind of uh, security it is, and then it'll give you the option for the password. You put that in, and then you're good to go. So that's all you need to do to configure Wi-Fi for that section. You can then continue just moving on down the list here. Uh, if you have AirPlay and you have devices that use AirPlay on your network, you can set them up here so that they're automatically configured to connect to them. Uh, what's really nice about that is that you can set it so that a classroom set of iPads can only connect to one Apple TV that's located in the classroom that the iPads are housed in. Uh, so they're not attempting to connect to classrooms that are next door. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, you know, I have not used much of the following because we don't really have the ability to air print in our building, uh, nor do we Yay. configure mail accounts in our building. Um, and so, you know, these are a couple things that really aren't used as much except for on very specific settings uh, or setups in different buildings. So, I mean, you have the ability to set up uh, CalDAV servers for your calendars. It's kind of getting on more of the techno-savvy 
area of this situation here, but uh, the majority of the people are probably using either Exchange or Google Apps in your building. Uh, when you go in to configure your email account in your iPad, you'll select either Exchange or Google Apps, enter your information, and it'll automatically set up your calendar information and um, contacts and all that good stuff. So that's really not something that you need to worry about when you're going through and setting it up on um, a supervised device. One kind of interesting thing that you could do is if you do have a calendar that you want to push out for like maybe a school-wide calendar that you want students to have access to automatically uh, with like, you know, maybe home sports games, uh, assemblies, that kind of stuff, you could use CalDAV on that and put in the URL, then that, those events will automatically go into iCal on their uh, devices. So that's kind of a cool use of it that I've seen work pretty well. That's good. Hey, Jeff, you know I'm a doofus, so I'm going to ask Annie's question again for you about VPP. So it says, under supervised, she sees an exclamation point, meaning that there's one code remaining uh, and a one meaning uh, one code remaining. But mm -hmm. when she goes into the codes, it shows the app has already been redeemed. So are there any thoughts on that? So she knows how to do it. She's just saying that it's kind of having mixed signals there for her. Okay, so my understanding of how it works and how I've kind of seen it work. Is it saying that it's, I think it's probably saying it's been redeemed in the Apple side of VPP. Okay. Because Configurator does redeem them. Okay. As you put the spreadsheet into Apple Configurator, Apple Configurator owns all of the codes. Okay. Okay. Does okay. that make sense? Yes, that makes sense to me. And so Apple Configurator is saying, I own now 30 licenses of Notability, for instance. Okay. So it will show as those codes have been redeemed in VPP because Apple Configurator has now taken ownership of all of them. Okay. All right, so it doesn't, it doesn't wait for it to say it's redeemed as it's being pushed out to the device. It's saying it's been redeemed as soon as Apple Configurator has validated that it's a valid code. Okay. Okay. All right, we'll see if that answers Annie's question. Hopefully that does. Hopefully that yeah, helps. that's my understanding of what she was asking. If not, we can look into it a little bit deeper. All right, and we have one more question from Matt, who's going to say, as a side question, using Apple Configurator versus restoring an iPad to multiple devices. He says, thoughts, is that a really bad idea to clone devices? Is that just through, like, iTunes? I think he it says, yeah, he said, just a side question, using mm -hmm. Apple Configurator versus restoring an iPad to multiple devices. Thoughts, is that a bad idea to, to clone devices? There's nothing inherently wrong with doing that. Um, the only issue you're going to see is that you do not have the added functionality of like the supervision or the restricting of services or the adding of apps and stuff like that as easily through Apple Configurator. Additionally, you're really how, you know, kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say pigeonholed, but it's a little bit more difficult through the iTunes environment to back up and restore that many devices at once. It's certainly doable if you plug in your cart uh, into and then open up iTunes, you're going to see all those <laughs> devices on there, but it's going to be kind of like mayhem trying to figure out what's going on because, you know, if your iTunes is a little bit shaky as it is when it comes to loading more than one device at a time, and then trying to do multiple operations on devices simultaneously can get really messy. So uh, I would say there's nothing wrong with doing it at all. It works well. We used to do that before iOS 7 came along and the new version of Apple Configurator. That's how we used to get prepare them. Um, but I would say now Apple Configurator is absolutely your best bet. 
Okay. And he has another follow-up question. He says, yes, iTunes is terrible, laugh out loud. But he also <laughs> <laughs> which I kind of laughed out loud too. He says, um, uh -huh. he says, also, at what point do you have to use VPP? How many times can you install an app on multiple iPads? And so I don't know if this question isn't like after you use VPP after you create an account and you can get 20 is when it starts to go down is the low number when it goes half price. Is that what his question is kind of? Uh, Brenda might be able to speak to it because it sounds like she's been working with VPP a lot more lately. Our IT staff has kind of owned VPP as of late. I okay. believe it's above 30 Okay, um, is when you get the volume purchase discount. Um, but ultimately, you need to own as many licenses for a paid app as you have devices. That's, mm -hmm. that's the Apple standard, and if you're working in a government institution, you don't really want to mess with that because, you know, on the off chance you get audited, that's going to look really bad. And, you know, we had a district nearby that had an issue with that where they cloned, this was a number of years ago, so this was just desktop computers, but they built an image and then cloned it out to all of their desktop machines but only owned one license for a piece of software and they ended up paying half a million dollars in penalties because they didn't own enough licenses for all their computers. This is the same exact thing. If it's a paid app, you need to own as many licenses for as the amount of the devices that you're using. So VPP is kind of nice just because it monitors that automatically for you. Yeah, I remember when um, I, I lived in the days when we had our iPod touch cart before VPP, mm -hmm. and what we what I would seriously do and how I managed them was I had my one computer I would on the Brentford cart, but what I would do is I would you know buy one code. So like an, a $20 iTunes card could get, and you could push it out to all 20 as long as you sync them to that one MacBook, whatever it was. Right. And uh, yeah, and then then they started to wise up quick. And so then, really, we even if we have um, as long we our rule last year was always as long as we have, like if if we have iMovie on 400 iPads, as long as we have bought 400 codes for it then you're okay. And I really think, Jeff, I have to say, a VPP is the one thing that I used to do last year. Not as much configurator. We left that to the IT guys. Mm -hmm. 20 codes is usually the, after you buy 20, you can knock it down to half price. So that's the, I think the 20 is the one where it starts to go down then. Okay. And then you can buy it. But then it, there's no other volume to them. So it's, it's like, if you have 20 devices for a cart, and that's the perfect cutoff right there to start buying stuff VPP for half price. Yep, absolutely. The half price is really the killer. I mean, when we first started, Notability was something that we really wanted. It was a $4 app, but you could easily get it for $2 and save a bunch of money when you're buying, you know, 100 licenses of it. So uh, definitely something to look into for sure. So um, going heading back to this main screen, I've gotten out of the profile creator and um, just created two quick profiles. No camera, no Siri is one profile, and the other one is our Wi-Fi. And as you can see, after they've been created, you can easily select as many as you want to be able to prepare out to the devices. Okay? Cool. So once, um, you know, there's two other options here, and these are some pretty cool options too. The apps category will let you put stock apps onto the device. I have downloaded Quizlet on here just to show you that, you know, you can just click on it. Um, I will show you how to get another app on there. We'll go in there in just a minute and do that. Uh, and then additionally, under setup, you can skip all of these initial items that show up on the 
first page, first few pages of a new device. And that's another really cool thing. You can skip location services, restore Apple ID, terms and conditions, passcode, Siri, and diagnostics. Uh, a lot of things where the kids get hung up and not really sure what's going on. <laughs> so uh, kind of an interesting and cool option here. Uh, so that said, I'm going to switch over to the supervised screen because I've already supervised my device. Like I mentioned earlier, I don't want there to be dead air for 10 minutes while it actually is putting all these pieces of information onto the device. And I'll kind of show you in real time uh, what can be done, and I'll share it out on my iPad as well so you can see what's actually happening on the iPad too. So once you've actually hit prepare, and I'll hit it just so you can kind of see what happens, it goes and gives you an error, a warning message. I almost said error message just because that's usually what it is. Uh, are you sure you want to apply all these settings to USB connected devices? And that's a really nice warning, and I would always leave this unchecked because you want to really think about that before you hit apply. Because if you have your own personal device hooked up to your computer and you forgot about it, like you were charging it or something, and then you hit apply without even thinking about it, you're going to force that profile and that entire reformat onto your personal device too. So this is kind of just like a human check real quick just to say, all right, really think about this. Think about what's connected to your computer before you actually go forward with this. Uh, so it's kind of a nice deal. I'm going to hit apply. This is the, as soon as devices are connected to your computer, it will automatically start processing them in the workflow. You can see that it's continuing to look for devices because the little thing is spinning around the stop button. It's just waiting for something to be connected. Now my iPad is connected to the computer right now, but it knows that it's already been supervised and therefore there are no updates or preparations needed because it's already been done. So that's kind of the nice thing is if you already have prepared devices and you have a cart full of them, you don't have to unplug the ones that have already been prepared because Apple Configurator knows that they've already been worked on and they won't be reformatted. You don't have to go through that extra wasted time. It'll only look for devices that have not been prepared yet and work on those and number them sequentially. So, any questions so far? I no, Jeff, and I think that uh, I think Jeff Bradbury's cleared the way for you a little bit. I think people want you to keep going a little bit longer tonight until you're done um, explaining. So, if you want, cool. if you need to go ten extra minutes, I think you should. Yeah, happy to. Uh, you know, the nice thing is after that profile setup, we're really in the home stretch. So, once you have all of your devices that are uh, set up here, they'll show up, and then they'll say done, and it'll be great. Um, and just a word of caution, when you are doing it the first time, it takes longer, okay, because it's automatically wiping the device, it's installing a fresh copy of iOS 7, and then it will load all of your profile information onto the device. And so one of the things that takes the longest is if you have not downloaded a copy of iOS 7 to your computer first, that happens as well. That's about a gig, two gigs in size, and so that's a download from the internet to your computer, it's unpacking it and then sending it to your iPad. Once you have that downloaded on your computer, it cuts that time down quite a bit, just as a word of caution. Um, so if you have a cart full of them, expect it to take a pretty good chunk of time, especially 30 of them. Figure about 8 to 10 minutes per iPad, uh, and that's the kind of time frame you're looking at to prepare, initially prepare a classroom set of iPads. So once it's gone through your list, you can hit stop down here at the bottom and you will head over to supervise and you'll see that I have one supervised device. It's called mm -hmm. Instructional Tech Talk 1 and uh, 
you know, it just kind of gives you a little bit of information. The cool thing is over here in supervised devices, you can create groups so that you can easily organize, you know, let's say you have a couple carts in your building, you can organize which iPads are in which cart. So I'm going to create a device group called ITT cart one. And then the nice thing is from the USB connected devices, you can just drag that device over to ITT cart one and you'll see it in here. Okay, so it's really a nice way to be able to manage which iPads are in which carts or which iPads are assigned to which classrooms or teachers um, so that when, you know, you get a cart in, you can easily go to ITT cart one, click on all iPads and make adjustments based on maybe something that the teacher wants added uh, for class that next week or something. Um, so you'll see that this is a very similar screen to what was done in the prepare screen, and it absolutely is. It's almost identical. This gives you the opportunity to uh, install profiles that you weren't, you know, maybe weren't originally done on the prepare screen. So when I originally did this image of this device, I installed no additional profiles. It was basically a blank slate. You can do whatever you want on this iPad. Uh, what I'm going to do is push the no camera, no Siri profile I created to the device and show you how easy it is to actually make that happen. Um, so you, all you need to do is make any changes you want and hit apply down at the bottom. And it will tell you exactly what's going on. And it's done. It's really a quick thing when you're only doing a profile, it moves really fast. And so I'm going to then go on my device here and show you. Let me pull up the other screen share here. Okay, that's not right. Hang on a second. <laughs> I have to find the Google Hangout. There it is. Found it. Oh, I forgot that I was sharing my desktop. All I need to do is open up Reflector. Sorry. That's okay. Just when people see me, they get scared. Yeah, me too. We made that. We made that same joke about Jeff Bradbury before we came on too, though. So. Oh, that's perfect. There we go. So that works. See, if I, if I dish it out, I got to be able to take it too. So actually what I should do is take this off and show you, because some people tend to forget what um, what things look like without them there. They'd be like, yeah, that looks exactly what it looks like all the time. What are you talking about, Jeff? <laughs> okay, so you see my iPad, is that correct? Yes, we do. Beautiful. And then you see right here you have the camera. It's pointing face down on something, so... Yay, great, random thing on my desk. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, that's that dreaded black screen that uh, yeah, Socrative was talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. So here's a door, here's some paper, great times. Um, I'm going to go back in now to... So you see the three icons here, camera, photo booth, and FaceTime. What this profile is set to do here is to really uh, disable any camera-related features. So I'm going to go click that profile, hit Apply, quickly go back here so you can see the iPad and you see they all just disappear. Ooh, that's quick. Pretty cool, right? That is cool. Yeah, so if you know you have an issue with kids taking pictures of weird stuff or just distracting each other with the camera by wanting to take pictures during class time, uh, it's really easy to disable the camera. But, uh, but again, Jeff, also... the, the iPad has to be connected physically to the cart or to the computer that has configurator? It does, yes. Okay. Yep, and so what we've done really is through our building, uh, the departments that have iPad carts 
All they need to do is really send an email or a work order to our IT department saying, hey, I need this app for next week or, you know, in a couple days, I want this functionality changed. Our techs will grab it, throw it on the computer, make the adjustments, and it's ready to go usually that same day because minor adjustments take mere minutes, as you can see, to push out. Um, and that's been working for us. And uh, we've also had a couple of deployments where we actually buy a Mac Mini and hook it up on top of the cart so that the teacher can make those changes too. Uh, and that works pretty well too. It just really depends on the building, uh, the level of kind of tech savvy of the staff, and you know how many tech support people you have to be able to manage that kind of stuff. So, do you, so is that right? You do have the teachers. So if the if you have a Mac Mini, you have the teachers have the ability to put the um, apps and use Configurator and put the apps right onto their iPads if they want to. Absolutely. That is very revolutionary. Yeah, the ones that you know we've done it with really find a lot of success with it. Um, you know, we've kind of done a hybrid version in a couple of instances. We're kind of doing a beta test on it, uh, pilot program using Meraki, which is a free piece of software through Cisco Wireless uh, and Apple Configurator, kind of using them in tandem. Meraki will allow for wireless pushing of apps to the devices that are supervised by Apple Configurator. Um, and we've had some pretty good success with that too. So we're still in the kind of tweaking phase, um, but we've been able to, you know, get a request from a teacher, wirelessly push that app to our Apple configurator uh, supervised devices. And, you know, then that's the fastest, easiest way. The cart can be sitting in a random classroom somewhere in your building and you're able to install apps on it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really good. If, so, the, uh, if, if the iPad isn't currently within the wireless confines, say it's at a, st a student's house, when they bring it back, will it automatically hit the new configuration in that, in that sense? Absolutely will. If it cannot find the device, if the device is turned off, it's, if it's outside of the network, uh, Meraki remembers that you know device 36 has not been updated and will save that workflow for the next time it shows up on the network. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty slick. Um, I want to show you how to also install another app on there uh, using Apple Configurator. There is uh, the app Quizlet that I put on there earlier. I'm going to show you how to add a new app, uh, and you actually do it through iTunes. So you'd go into your iTunes. Uh, somebody give me a free app that you want to put on there. Okay, here, I'll, give you a I'll, give you a, I'll give you a great one. Oh, never mind. I just saw, I just, oh, I'm sorry, Jeff, did I interrupt you? I was going to say put on TeacherCast. Oh, yeah, put on TeacherCast. Shameless plug. We'll put in TeacherCast up here. That's exactly what I was going to say. I meant to do App Store TeacherCast. This is also just so that Jeff can. Oh, but it keeps showing up here. IPad Jeff, there Jeff keeps uh, knows that I pro plug the TeacherCast app more than he does. He's trying yeah. to he's trying to beat me out now. Perfect. So you would download it just like you're downloading an app to your iTunes. Um, hit the download button. It will download TeacherCast Pro right there. Uh, when your download is complete, you just go back to Apple Configurator, and in the Apps section here, there's a little plus button down at the bottom. You click that, and it will automatically come up to mobile applications where uh, iTunes saves the applications that have been downloaded. You select the app that you want to install and hit Select. That will show up then in the list of apps that you have the ability to put onto the iPad. As long as you just click it to select it, and then click apply. And remember, I'm doing all iPads here, but you have the ability to just select, you know, a set amount of iPads, one iPad, it really doesn't matter. You have full reign as to what iPads it gets pushed to. And click apply. And I will see if my uh, 
I haven't clicked apply yet because I want to get this up and running so you can see how it works. Airplay, my computer. There we go. <laughs> this in here. And then hit apply. So it's putting on TeacherCast Pro. And there it is. Boom. Ready to go. Oh my gosh, I think I just saw Jeff Bradbury shed a tear. <laughs> it's, it's so was, beautiful. It's because I was looking it's at so the edge beautiful. of van outside. So I want to show you something else that's really neat, and it's really great if you are planning on only using your iPad for one specific task and you don't want the students to get off task during the course of uh, your lesson. You have the ability in iOS 7 to lock to an app for that session. Um, it's really a cool thing if you're doing maybe like even a parent night and you want to have one app open, maybe it's the district's app or something like that, uh, without them being able to do some weird stuff to the iPads for the next person to see. Uh, mm -hmm. Or if you're maybe just wanting to use Quizlet, for instance, as part of your lesson, you only want the lesson to last about 10 minutes, and you don't want them going into another app and playing Temple Run or something. Um, you can select it to only lock to a particular app, and they give you some other options too. What other things can you use? Um, you know, sleep-wake button, auto-lock, all that kind of stuff. Is this stuff that you can actually use? You can have it so that the sleep-wake button is disabled. You can have it set so that, you know, a bunch of different things can be turned off. So I'm going to do God, that. Thank goodness that invert colors is disabled. That's the number one favorite thing for elementary kids to do is invert the colors. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I have it set to lock to app Quizlet, and then I'm going to apply that, and then you'll see after that's pushed out, Quizlet automatically opens, nice. and will stick there. I'm pressing the home button right now, mm -hmm. and it's not closing the app. And so if you that's completely cool. shut that down... And then turn it the turn the iPad back on. It'll automatically open to Quizlet. It will do that every time until you turn that that profile off. Wow! It won't even let you turn it off. To be honest, the, I'm pressing the sleep wake button right now, holding it because I disabled that function in the options for lock to app. This is all it's going to do. <laughs> now we have a question here kind of in disguise here on our chat. Louise says that she just got 10 iPads and a MacBook Air. Now, um, I, I you might have picked up on this. You might have not have picked up. Configurator is just set up for one computer, correct? You can't have, or can you have Configurator on a number of computers throughout the district? For for uh, How does that work as far as downloading it to, to use on a district-wide? So uh, you can have it on multiple computers. That's fine, but you need to make sure that the profiles that you're setting up are... I just took that off just so you know it didn't just fail on you. Um, you need to make sure that the profiles you're setting up are consistent. Okay. And so... And also know which iPads are supervised by certain Apple configurators. Does that oh, make sense? Okay, so so it it's not like you can take iPad 30 to the elementary school, update it that way, and then take it to the middle school and update it that way. That's absolutely true. Now, in my, in my school district, we have one district-wide Wi-Fi system. Called, yep, so do we. You know, so does that mean that if you take your device from the middle school to the elementary school, it'll automatically push out 
when it updates in the middle school if you were doing that Wi-Fi sync. That's correct. If you're using the Meraki program, I mean, there's a ton of them. Casper is one of them. Um, you know, a bunch of different companies have created these wireless mobile device management systems. The one that we are using is Meraki because we have a Cisco wireless infrastructure and Meraki is free um, and it works conjointly with Apple Configurator. So that's kind of the trifecta for us. Um, it will, if you have a district-wide Wi-Fi system, in any building, if you've pushed out an app to an iPad, whether you know it's in your base building or in the ad building or one of the elementary schools, no matter where you go, if you are due for an update on a new app, as soon as you connect to that network, it will push to that device. Now, she also goes on in saying that she's using her, her, her MacBook Air. Is there a limit to what you can do? Can I do this from my Air? Do I need to get a Mac Pro? Do I need to have an iMac? What's what's nope. the base on, on a on a computer f configuration here? Well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, we've run it beautifully on 30 computers or 30 iPads on a pretty stripped down Mac Mini. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's that's about as low as you're going to get in terms of you know product performance. And this was a number of years ago. They've stepped up what their Mac Mini actually does now. Mm -hmm. um, but no computer that you will buy from Apple today would would have any issue running Apple Configurator with 38 iPads. And let's say that you are running it on an iPad mini or on a, on an, uh, you know what I mean, and you wanted and that, to retire that computer, can you take those profile settings and export them to another configurator program? Absolutely. Yep, they're all easily exportable. Let me see if I can show you how to do that real fast. So potentially you could have the district tech person create a profile for elementary but then give that same profile to all six elementary schools so that way the local building tech can take care of that absolutely so that's I, what i would am recommend I, doing am for i saying the, that right yeah, okay yeah but for all the behind the scenes type configurations that are important to you know your techs and not so much your teachers i would have them set up maybe the technology or you know, informational technology profile that has the Wi-Fi, that has the CalDAV or the LDAP or all that random stuff that you know a lot of us don't really know anything about, but it's you know instrumental in making sure that that iPad can jump networks and be able to be use it you know throughout the building um, and be secure up to the server standards. Um, you know that's really important. So I would say you know have your techs look through the list of options in the profiles you know, create a profile that's specific only to the server settings that are necessary to make it function on your network and have them deploy that out to all the people that use Apple Configurator. It's really easy to do that once it's created. Let's say I wanted to share no camera, no Siri with people. Just, you know, true to form, you have this little share button down here on the bottom. The share square. There you go. And you can save this anywhere on your computer and then subsequently email that out to people. Now, it's if a school district does not have any Macs in it, which, first of all, is a shame, but are there systems like this Mariaki that you don't need to have configure? I mean, can you do this without configurator um, if you're only a PC-based school? Yes, you can. It's going to cost you money, though. Okay. I mean, they, there are mobile device management solutions. Casper is one of the most popular ones. Um, it will do everything and probably a little bit more than what Apple Configurator can do. Um, 
but you pay a premium for it, mm -hmm. and it's multi-platform, so you will have the ability to use it on a Windows-based environment. Um, I would hands down recommend that if you have any iPads in your building, you should have an Apple computer, at least one. Are it there... runs much more seamlessly with an Apple product. Not saying it doesn't work well with Windows. You'll get it to work, but those off chances that you need to do something to an iPad and it really will only work well with the MacBook. I mean, the investment is minimal. If you're going to be buying 100 iPads, you might as well buy one MacBook. Are there any solutions such as this that are completely cloud-based, just in case you needed that configuration? Uh, could you explain what you mean? Um, that uh, you don't need a Windows or a Mac machine. Somehow it all it, it's all – you don't need to be sitting at your office in the master tech room. You can configure everything through the cloud, and then it gets pushed out somehow. Well, and to be honest, that's kind of – you know, Meraki is – haphazardly that okay it's it's a uh, web-based but you require the ability to have it push out through the wireless network in your building so you can access it like you're not there but the system has to be in place in order for it to push out does that make sense absolutely absolutely yeah. and it is amazing right now we have so many questions coming in john do you see any questions here that we can uh, catch up and by the way jeff thank you for allowing us to go over time on this that's cool. No problem. <laughs> that was a lot of heavy lifting there, Jeff. Um, I think one person that came in a little bit later just wanted to know um, if you could go in a little more in depth in um, Meraki and just how to go through and um, what Meraki is a little bit and where do you get it from. Sure. Um, you know, I'm going to say that the majority of the people probably – I don't know. That's not fair. Cisco is a pretty big player in the wireless internet technology for school districts. A lot yeah. of them have been adapted by that. Uh, Meraki is a Cisco product, and it's my understanding that you need to have Cisco products in order to use Meraki. Okay. Um, Meraki is a free piece of software. Any of your IT people will be able to easily install Meraki to work in tandem with your server and your Cisco access points. Um, it's a free download. I'm sure you could go to you know, Google Meraki right now and download it, and it would be no problem. Um, but you really need to be on the network and have access to your server in order to be able to install it. Um, but really what Meraki is is kind of that mobile device management system that kind of takes Apple Configurator and moves it up a level. You would create a profile that allows use of Meraki and allows Meraki to make configuration changes to your iPads and then push that profile out using Apple Configurator. And then I would say, excuse me, a pretty good majority of the options um, that you have with Apple Configurator are now wirelessly available to you using Meraki. So it would look similar. It's a little bit more clunky than Apple Configurator is. It's in a kind of a new stage. Uh, I think that it will get better with age and better with refinement. Um, but at the same time, I think you have, you know, the best thing for us is that we'll take care of all the restrictions using Apple Configurator. We want to be able to wirelessly push apps, and that's something that Meraki does pretty well. That's cool. I have to say, like, I, this joke never gets old, though. I have to say it's really good that Cisco found work after the thong song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If anyone said, you know, you'd find Cisco in a, Cisco in a school, who would have thought? Yep, there we go. But all right, so that's pretty good. Um, all right, so I have I have a question for it. Can I can I ask my own question? Sure. 
Okay, so let's say, uh, let's hypothetically say that there's this guy that goes in and freelances at his son and daughter's school, and they have 20 iPads with no real solutions for things, and they're not updated to iOS 7 yet, but the guy was going to go in and do that by hand. Would you say that I would go in with my MacBook Air and use Configurator, and it would save me a lot more time to get them all set up then? Absolutely. And okay. the nice thing about that, John, is that you don't have to take ownership of the devices through through Apple Configurator, so they're not tied to your machine. You can simply prepare those devices without turning on supervision, and it will set up all the devices exactly the way you want them, but not be tied to your laptop so that you don't have, you know, total control over them. They don't need to be synced with your computer only. Um, you could use it just as a tool to prepare them and just make sure you don't check that supervision box and everything else stays the same. Okay, that sounds okay. good. Well, that saves me a lot of time then. And the cool thing is, too, is as you're building that profile, you'll I'm sure some of you noticed uh, there were a bunch of options that were just plain, and then there were several that said the option, and then in parentheses, supervision only. And what that means is that you have to enable device supervision in order to use that function. A lot of them, you can use it without supervising the device, but some of them, uh, some of the more restrictive options, you do have to have that device supervised in order to be able to use it. Sounds good. Jeff, I want right, to say... Well, I'll, give, I'll give it a shot. Thank you so much, Jeff, for taking the time to, to share all of this information with us. Um, now, we're doing this show because there's a, a, an Apple configurator theme going on at your website, isn't there? Uh, yeah, there is. It will uh, be coming up here. I'm just kind of finishing up the last of the actual manual, so to speak. Um, it's really easy to sit down and talk to you about this for an hour and 15 minutes, um, but to actually put that into words and hit everything that's so important uh, takes a little bit longer. And so I'm trying to kind of supplement that with some videos and tutorials and stuff. So my hope is to have kind of a well-rounded guide to Apple Configurator here in the next week or two uh, with videos and support. Um, it's just, you know, a good user base to be able to use Apple Configurator. Now, all the notes people keep asking here in the chats, all of our show notes are going to be available on our website, techeducatorpodcast.com. And we promise that uh, when Jeff gets those available, we will certainly be linking over to his site. And, of course, you can find the video for this and any of those links. Uh, hopefully, guys, we can grab the, the links from Twitter and from the chat box. We'll put them in there the best that we can. And it'll be officially techeducatorpodcast.com slash 37. And uh, we usually have that up by Monday night, if not Tuesday. So definitely check that out, techeducatorpodcast.com. And, of course, you can follow us at Tech Ed Show on Twitter. Uh, John, I don't know about you, but I'm thoroughly impressed and can't wait to get started on all of this information here. How about you? I, You know what? I always know that Jeff – I saw that when Jeff Herb was doing this, I thought this will be good because I'll finally learn about Apple Configurator because I've toyed around with it a little bit. But I knew that I was – there's no way that you're going to keep me away. There's wild dogs going to keep me away from watching <laughs> Jeff do this. So oh, thanks, that was good yeah, stuff. That's very nice. Appreciate it. And, you know, for those of you watching that still have questions, I'm – Absolutely more than happy to answer them for you. You can find me on Twitter at INST Tech Talk or at Jeff Herb. 
whichever one you want to choose. You're more than welcome to choose either. So uh, you can also bun, 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 plenty of ways to contact me through my website too, instructionaltechtalk.com. So let's do this, guys. Um, if you have the time, let's sign off. We're, we'll wrap up the show here, and then if anybody is still interested, we will stick around. Of course, we're going to be back here at nine thirty for Principal Cast, but I have no problem keeping the line on and keeping the video on because we have a lot of people watching. And uh, Craig still needs to be entertained before the California Ed Chat. So, uh, John, tell us a little bit about where, what you're doing this week on, on the award-winning Techlandia cast and where we can find you. All right. You can always find me at iPadSammy.com if I pay my uh, bill for the uh, domain name, which I have to pay tomorrow. But uh, iPadSammy.com, I'm starting to blog a little bit more. And Techlandia is uh, my podcast that uh, has been number one in K-12 on Podomatic for about three straight weeks now. Nice. And we just taped one last night with the lovable Mr. Technology. Oh, and <laughs> the lovable Dave Guyman. Nice. And, of course, it's another busy week here for us at TeacherCast. I'm going to be releasing podcast number 106, I believe it is, or maybe 107 of our roundtable series, talking um, with a fabulous Canadian podcaster about how he's – doing uh, podcasting in his elementary school. And uh, we might be putting some more posts up there. I've been working really hard on, on the Baby website. So check out baby.teachercast. Of course, all of our stuff here is found at techeducatorpodcast.com. And right here off of our website, there is a wonderful button that says sign up and subscribe to us on YouTube. And I know you guys are. It's been amazing. We're up to 606 subscribers right now. That takes you over to this page here, which is our YouTube site, which you can find at teachercast.net slash YouTube. And we put up a lot of videos recently from the convention. And if you haven't checked these out yet, you need to check them out. Number one, we were playing with our new green screen. But number two, it was actually interesting as these were taken at the convention just hours before he became an edu daddy. So it was kind of neat to go back and edit these out after the fact. And uh, yeah, check those out. And we have a great video here of uh, Principal Cast, which of course is coming up here live at 930. 9.30. Lots of <laughs> buttons to be pushing here. Anyway, on behalf of everybody here on the Tech Educator Podcast, thank you so much for watching. We are here live every single Sunday night. Next week, we're going to be wrapping up a little bit. I'm sure we'll have some configurator questions going on. Sam should be back. We'll be talking more about puppet stuff and what he's been doing. <laughs> and uh, we can't wait to see you then next week, 7 o'clock, right here on TeacherCast.tv. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>